Yo, 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 what up, guys? Welcome to the Soul Fuel Podcast. This is your host and your homie, Jenna Aurora. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome. This podcast was created on the basis of creating a space where people can come and feel expansive, energized, and entertained, where I dive into all kinds of enlightening topics with some seriously kick-ass people. And I gotta say, uh, I had some seriously kick-ass people on this episode. I actually had two guests for the first time. So it was super fun, super amazing. Um, not just because of the topics that we're diving into today and them being extremely near and dear to my heart, but also just because of the nature of how all of us connected. Like I had no idea actually up until a few days ago that all of us, when we all connected, it was the first night all of us met each other. So we all connected, we all met, and we all just ended up just really just jiving and and talking about some deep intellectual topics. Um, and that's what we that's what formed the basis for today's podcast. They were keen to be on it. They found out I had a platform and they wanted to share their voice. And I've honestly never had two people more passionate about being on this podcast. So because of that, like, I just need to honor them both right now, Miles and Mark, much love to you guys for genuinely just giving a lot into this topic. And this topic that we're going to be talking about is, you know, our views, our perspectives, and some of our personal experiences surrounding racism and social change. You know, we discuss how people can get more involved so we can continue and continue being the key word, you guys, to be educated, invested, and proactive in keeping the Black Lives Matter movement relevant. And I want to, I really want you guys to understand that this relevance is so important because I know we have the tendency to get caught up in media trends or political narratives. So how do we keep this movement and its true intentions relevant? And how do we keep pushing forward little by little each day, you know? So although we touch on a lot of topics, the overall messages are inherent, which is to continue being leaders in combating systemic racism, to act in unity and to raise our levels of consciousness so we can progress as a human race, right? Like let's wake up people. I couldn't have asked for two better guests to talk about this. I love that we're all from different mixed races and, and we've grown up in different areas. So the perspectives around that were super powerful. So I'm really excited for you guys to tune in. And I just want to say right now, that I know my audience and my community and my people are coming in from all different ethnic backgrounds, different ages, different classes, you know, different cultures, and we're all brought up differently. And that is beautiful because we all have different beliefs and paradigms and perceptions about the world. And diversity is beautiful. And I think that's a huge part of understanding and combating, you know, things like systemic racism. But at the same time, I'm so proud of this experience that I had with Miles and Mark because we touch on the things and the commonalities that make us human and how this really is an issue of humanity and consciousness and really honing into the things that are at all of our core, which is leaning into our empathy and our love and really dropping more of our pride and our ego and our guilt and our shame. Um, and, and really, I guess, approaching social change from the heart, from the inside out. Uh, so I'm super excited for us to dive into these topics and for you guys to kick back and listen. And I just want to say that, uh, you guys all know I'm a fan of actions. Okay. So listening to this passively is obviously incredible. And I'm so grateful for you to be here, but please, if something resonates with you, if a thought is provoked, if, if you feel inspired to go have a conversation that you may have been avoiding or 
you know, stand up for something that you may have been afraid to stand up for, or maybe you want to talk to Miles or Mark or myself, whatever it may be, lean into whatever that's telling you to do and do it, execute on it. That's the only way change is going to happen. So, you know, please take a personal responsibility throughout this experience to take it upon yourself, to take whatever moves you need to, whether it's to educate yourself, um, to get involved, to pay this episode forward, maybe to somebody to share it, to bring it up at the dinner table. There's so many different ways. Uh, I think that the the more conversations that we can begin having with one another, you know, in our homes, in our communities, in our institutions, that's really where we're going to see a difference. So uh, last but not least, before I continue to ramble on, I just want to say thank you so much one more time to Miles and Mark. I know you guys are going to be listening to this. Um, anybody that's listening to this in support of them, thank you so much. And I'm so grateful um, that you have two incredible human beings in your life. And I hope that we can all meet up one day and chat. Um, so just my last shout out to you guys. Thank you guys for being such incredible guests. And I'm, I'm just going to stop now. Okay. Enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. Um, and I'm sure we'll be talking about more topics like this. Love you, homies. Enjoy. That's fine. Crack it. Crack it. Oh, nice. Oh, here we go, guys. We need some liquid courage. for We need some liquid courage today because uh, we're going to be talking about some, some deep topics. Don't need no courage. Don't need liquid courage. Got all the courage I need. I agree. Okay, Ma- hundreds of followers. Shut up, Mark. Here, Miles. <laughs> okay, okay, Miles, speak. All right, guys. What up? It's your homie and your host, Jenna Aurora. We are here at the Soul Fuel Podcast, and we've got two humans with us Not today. Lads. Not lads. Not lads. Two lads, actually. <laughs> two two yeah, lads yeah. on the pod. Yeah, it's a special podcast today. It's something that we've been trying to plan for a while now, and I finally got these two in the same room. Uh, You'll understand why, because uh, Miles is one of them, and Mark is the other. Miles is actually from Whistler, not that far from Vancouver, but we got a Whistler, we got a Van City, and we got a Surrey. So we all made it happen. Yeah, we all made it happen. We're all here now. That's all that matters. Um, Before I ramble on, guys, let's introduce our two guests today. Um, Who would love to go first, guys? Mark, you can go first, bro. Alright, um, I'm Mark. I live in Vancouver, in Olympic Village. I am 35 years old. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mark, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> 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 I'm looking for that someone. Um, yeah, I work in tech. I work in tech uh, um, as a product developer or head of product. Um, I like to play sports. I don't know. What's your favorite color? I'm just kidding. Black. We're going to be talking um, about BOM today, guys. That was some nice foreshadow for you guys. Do you have anything else to say, Mark, to, to, the, to the ladies out there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like long walks on the beach? Yeah, Instagram okay. is Mark J. and Joseph. Yeah, I'm going to link both of their guys' Instagram so you yeah, guys boy. can... Uh, yeah, yeah we're going to link the IGs. Honestly, um, on a real note, uh, as many of these conversations that can be converted into two-way dialogue truly is like... My goal, anybody that's listened to any of these other episodes, you guys know that's what's up. So legit, when I post their IGs and you have like a thought that gets provoked during this podcast and you want to talk about it, please, please, please reach out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the main goal, honestly. The more that we can have real conversations with people, um, that's what this whole thing's for, right? So Miles, what's up? What's up? Uh, I'm Miles. I'm from the UK. I'm just north of London. Been traveling for a few years now. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, trying out Canada. Um, I manage bars. I've been doing that for years. Just, yeah, having fun. Having fun. Okay, how many years have you been traveling for? Just um, 
Six years. Whoa, yeah. I didn't even know that. I've only been home once in that time as well. And where's home? Uh, just north of London, a place called Hertfordshire. It's like next to Essex, if you know. Essex. Oh yeah, okay, okay. But we don't sign anything. Is like that, that like near Manchester, or do I just no, need to pull it about? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but any American or Canadian, they're always like, "Is that near Manchester?" No, no. Like I was watching Love Island the other day, and yeah. somebody said Manchester, yeah. then someone said Essex after, so I thought maybe they're by each other. That was my so reasoning. Manchester's up north. Okay, and it. London's down south. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just uh, don't really ever want to move home. So I just keep moving places, different countries. I have lots of friends in London and everyone says the same thing. London's shit, isn't it? It is, it is. Yeah. It's weird as well because like everyone you meet traveling, they're like, oh, I was in London and I absolutely loved it. And I'm like, why? Like, do you know what I mean? It's not, there's there's better cities in the UK than London. What's your favorite city in the UK? So I went to Union Leeds. So that's up north, sort of near Manchester. You've been there? I've, I've been there, yeah. Really? I've, I've been there for a few weeks. I have lots of friends. Shout out to Marion Burn Central. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a bunch of, uh, I did a bunch of um, business out there and yeah. the whole team was in Leeds. So I've been to Leeds, yeah. How long ago? How many years ago? S- September. I was literally just there in September. What? Yeah, I was in Leeds for, nice. for, uh, for a couple of weeks. Right. So okay. I really like it out there. It's yeah, awesome. So I went to uni there. Um, but like all those northern cities, Newcastle, Manchester, Liverpool, they're all like so, so sick. They're nice. just awesome. just better than London. So when I tell people that try travel to the UK, I'm like, don't just spend all your time in London. Like there's better cities around, like mm. go up north, mm. you know. Um, I'll let you yeah. know when I go back there. I've been there lots of times. I, I When I go back there, I'll ask where to go. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, for context, can you guys slate your ethnicities? Is that weird? Let's let's just let's do that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I am Egyptian, mostly Egyptian, a little bit of uh, Italian, a little bit of Lebanese. Um, I was born in Cairo, moved here when I was five years old, and then uh, lived in Portland for five years, lived in California for a year, moved back, and I went back to Egypt for the first time in thirty-five years. Wow. Um, or thirty years, I should say, uh, this last fall. And it was incredible. So it was one of the best, most enlightening kind of uh, surreal yeah. moments of my life. I'm a mixed race. Um, my dad's black. My mom's white. Um, my dad's originally from Grenada in the Caribbean. Nice. So he moved over to the UK when he was three or four. Uh, my mom is just a standard Caucasian white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's never been back there. He's like very much English. Mm-hmm. You know, like very just easy England through and through um so I'm sort of disconnected from that Caribbean heritage to mm. some degree um I, I had is a life goal to sort of you know explore that more I've never been my dad never went back either since mm. growing up in the UK um but yeah it's a bit confusing growing up um you don't know you know you're just just struggling with your identity right. at school and stuff. It was just it was just very confusing, um, and it still is to some degree. Um, and it's funny because my older brother, he made a post on his social media the other day. He doesn't really do it a lot, but just talking about this this topic we're on about, and he was just saying that. Uh, he was rambling for a while, and then he said something. He's like, "I know this is going to annoy my younger brother talking about me, mm. but." I don't actually identify as black. I identify as more so white. And I hit him up and I was like, man, like, that doesn't annoy me at all. He assumed it would annoy me just mm. purely because I'm so invested in this movement. And 
I guess I would consider myself if you if someone's if I'm talking to someone, I would identify as black. But if they took the time to ask, I'd say, yeah, I'm mixed race. My mom's white. Right. Um, but I said to him on a personal note, like it doesn't annoy me at all. Everyone's well within their right to identify how they personally see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I said to him was being mixed race, we're, we're just trying to jump the same hurdles as like fully black people are because right. all this, this issue we're talking about, this racism issue, being judged on the way you look, we get that just as much as any black person would, any fully black person would. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only issue I had because I feel like it, there's, there's not a difference there. Like We're still affected just as much as a fully black person would be yeah. um, right. because to them we're seen as a black person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting but yeah that's my background anyway love it yeah yeah it's interesting that you say that in terms of like what identity like I don't know how to really call it but like what do I identify with and like for me as an East Indian female growing up in Canada um, I'm, I'm very Western mm. uh, that's how I was raised yeah. my dad's Hindu my mom's Sikh right. and um, because of that the religions clashed and so I identified like my parents raised me in a home um, where like untraditionally, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I, I never really fit in with, um, my, like my roots, I guess you could say, like yeah. I've been back to India and I've explored it and like, I love my culture and everything, but yeah. I definitely don't, uh, identify as like an East Indian, like what a traditional East Indian female would be. Yeah. And so because of that, I've been like the black sheep of my family. Right. Uh, and so I get shunned over there, but also I would get sh- like, I had all Caucasian friends and I grew up in a very white neighborhood. Uh, and I, didn't really fit in there either. So it was like this weird, like in between, like, wait, like where do I belong kind of thing. And then almost feeling embarrassed of, um, like, I remember like not wanting to go to like certain events and like not wanting to identify myself because I wanted to fit in. Mm. And then that just brought me farther and farther away from my cultural roots, which made me not fit in with like my family, Mm. which now, you know, being older, uh, I'm definitely much more connected to both mostly yeah. connected to myself and my value system. So, um, but yeah, it it is interesting growing up. So yeah. it's like you you get both sides of the coin because you know you'll get judged from white people on seeing that you're seen as a black person, but at the same time, like to black people, you're seen as like a lighter skinned person. So you also get that side of it as well, which is odd. It's like we literally have to deal with both both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. There's there's judgment and racism the other way to black people towards white people as well that does mm-hmm. that is a thing that happens and like, black towards black yeah of course right? Which yeah 100 um like i know myself my mum being a white woman my dad's told me a few times you know like certain people in on his side of the family wasn't too fond that he originally got with a white woman mm-hmm. and that's something that i feel like <clears throat> some people don't I know that happens, that it's not just black, like white people being racist towards black, it's, you know, all different types of people right. being racist to each other. And people like us, we're, we're all mixed. Like like I said, it's just tough because you, you get both sides of the, the racism. Right? Totally. Um, so think, it's, yeah. it's, it's not fun in certain, certain circumstances. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah. Very confusing. Um, and I guess, you know, you... you People say like, oh, I struggled when I was younger, but I don't think there's an age limit on it. You know, like you can be struggling with your identity until you're, you're older. It doesn't necessarily have to be a thing that's a, a you go through in childhood. 
Mm -hmm. It could be an adult thing to deal with as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of people that still struggle with that. That are older guy, older people. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I didn't, I didn't even know the racism existed to be quite honest until wow. I was twelve or thirteen, and uh, <clears throat> when because my family lived in Coquitlam. There's a lot of like, I had a lot of black friends, Persian friends, you know, some of the more popular kids in, in the school that I went to were of different ethnicity. And, and there were lots of white people too, but it was, it was mixed. There was no sense of racism, right? Like we were all like, right. um, we had a pretty cool crew. Yeah. And then my mom family moved to Parker Quillum when I was uh, like, I think grade six or grade seven. Mm -hmm. Um and that was the first time I ever experienced racism. Like, I was just expecting kind of everyone to like me, whatever. And, like, there was... And not everyone, not everyone was right, but there were definitely <laughs> a few. Everyone to absolutely love you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I, it's the first time ever that I'd been called a Hindu. I was called a N-word. <laughs> You're like, but I'm not. Oh, uh, yeah. So they're, they're calling me the N-word. There yeah, was some, like, one guy. I mean, I remember, like... You know, people that I'd see swastikas and like mm. someone would uh, put like a, like a through, like drew a swastika note and like threw it at me and like just crazy stuff like that I'd never really experienced before. Mm. And even, um, yeah, it was just, it was just totally different. So I think it also depends on like which pocket um, you grow up in and what, yeah. and, and what part of the city. Um, but after that, you know, it's, uh, it definitely changed my entire worldview on yeah. just, you know, how messed up this world is. Mm -hmm. and, and, and also like, and, and partly I was like, also kind of just confused at how they'd been taught racism. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you guys are only like 13. Like, mm -hmm. who yeah. taught you this? Like, who right. taught you? Cause you can't, no one just thinks. It's socialized. Oh, yeah, and, or, like no, no one, no one is raised that. I mean, you have to be. You have to see it. And, and at that time, there wasn't a lot of social media. I mean, the internet Modeling, was just it's coming out. Modeling, behavior around yeah, them. Exactly. Right? So yeah. it had to have been their parents or like an older generation that had taught that to them and, and brought that down. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I totally agree. But saying that, I do feel like with kids, even if it's not taught, little children that are obviously not adults, they haven't got an adult mind, if they will there will be bullying and judgment and on the way you look and, you know, mm. a lot of people bullied as a kid because right. they're fat or, you know, whatever, yeah. ginger, black, white, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 100% it's, this is a thing that I've been thinking about a lot. It's, it's definitely a lot to do with what you've been taught, but I feel like it's human nature as an ignorant person in this world or a naive or a younger person to still make judgments. And I think that one thing that definitely needs to be addressed is like teachers in school and yeah. parents, when they see things like people being judged or people being bullied because they look different, mm -hmm. they need to be more active and saying, like, Hey, this is the wrong way. You shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. You know, he's a human being just like you. Um, and I don't think that's done enough. Right. I think like, Certain parents that, you know, might not be racist at all will not teach their kids to be racist, but they're not stopping their kid from being racist right. either. They're right. just not having the conversation. It's right. like, okay, we're not going to ever talk to our son about, you know, black people might be this, what, the ever, any any judgments people may have. 
but at the same time that doesn't stop them from being racist as well they need to have the conversation with them to stop them not you know like you, you, you almost you just want to teach them not to have these um implicit biases right implicit is like the key word right yeah. because i think yeah. that's where like you know a lot of people's perceptions around like oh but racism doesn't exist anymore or like it's it's you know we've come such a long way and it's like yeah we have come such a long way and and that's doesn't that's not saying that there isn't anything because it's implicit right, right? it's and yeah. once again it's like systematic right and and, yeah. and all of that and talking about school systems too like somebody messaged me today uh, who's really passionate about these topics and he literally i'm like looking at it right now he's like what's your opinion about you know racism in educational systems and in professional environments and like social institutions mm -hmm. right because that's also like you said there needs to be a conversation around that because if there is i think what it comes down to is like people don't want to have those tough conversations um they don't want to be uncomfortable with mm -hmm. their yeah kids or yeah. or maybe they're too afraid to like how do i guide the conversation everybody's afraid of saying something wrong and i think that's yeah. what drives a lot of the implicit racism for sure and like like discrimination they don't have the conversation because in their mind they're not racist so yeah they just don't want to bring yeah they don't they don't want to bring a conversation to their kids to make that then a prevalent issue in that per, the, the kid's mind but <clears throat> it does need to be addressed because little do they know they might be going to school and then you know picking on this guy because he's a different color or you right. know and yeah. the, the morals that you know parents teach the kids one of them needs to be you know more so than ever before like don't judge someone by the way they look blah blah, blah. like yeah. not just not addressing the fact that you know they're just not speaking about it i just don't think that's productive because mm -hmm. they that that child might be going to school and acting in a way and they would never know and then that person grows up to be racist mm -hmm. which is obviously different from parents breeding it down it's not as it's obviously not the same extent but the outcome is the same that person yeah. still might just have grown up with these judgments never been put in put in check and saying like this is wrong they go you know get older and then you know that that's then that's just as bad as someone that's been taught it they're still racist at the end of the day mm. i just think it needs to be discussed more especially with parents and teachers yeah yeah, I think I think it's both. I mean, I know the the the, the city I were what I experienced definitely felt like it was being passed down, and definitely felt like there was yeah you know a thing that was where it was like you know built in racism uh, from some parents that was being passed down, and and that's where these kids were learning some yeah. of these words yeah. that they would have never learned. But I totally agree. There is this whole other part where um, yeah, it's like it's implicit. It's mm. People, human nature is to fear what yeah. you don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't know, you don't, you know, rec or relate to someone who may look different, that doesn't necessarily mean just color. It's also, you know, people with deformities or any mm -hmm. sort of, you know, right. mental handicap or whatever, yeah. any minority, um, you know, we tend to judge those, especially as a kid, because you... When you're you know, insecure, you're growing, team, yeah. you tend to, you know, make, it makes you feel better and makes you feel confident to yeah. make fun of that what you don't know so that you can yeah. maybe get along or be accepted by your friends. Um, and so that definitely needs to be more watched by teachers and by, um, you know, by parents and, and, uh, and to stop that right when they, they see that, but also teach their kid to be leaders in their school that when you see that, you know, to stop it right away. Definitely. And, and stop it with like, I think the other thing is too, is with, 
with with love and compassion because I think there's a lot of shame and then right when you involve like blaming and shame especially in younger children it's like defense right and it's I mean not even younger children like we're all just grown up for Mm -hmm. new children right and especially as adults actually I've seen like people get so defensive and like like I think it'd be a good time to bring this up right now which is you know, like when people get super, super, like people that in their brain, like in their like logical, rational brain are like, I'm not racist, mm-hmm. but they get, so, so because of their own, you know, perception of themselves, not being racist, um, as like a white male or as what, or, or as whatever, it doesn't matter, gender or race. They think that they're not racist because I've had many conversations with a lot of my close friends yeah. and they get so angry about, you know, this situation because, you know, they get defensive or hostile when they're, you know, presented with the idea that it does still exist. Mm -hmm. And then there's certain people that are like, you know, it doesn't exist here. It doesn't exist in North America. I'm not racist. Just because I'm white doesn't mean that I've born into a racist system. I'm like, but yes, it does. It's like, basically my argument back to that was, you know, whether you like capitalism or not, like we're in a capitalist society. Mm -hmm. Like it isn't like, even though you weren't a part of it, you didn't create it. Like it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't, you know, like money or you like money, it still runs our world. So, like, I don't know if that's a good example or a good comparison, but I think that there's, like, yeah, how do you guys... And, and also going off of, like, the All Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, like, where do you guys fall on that? It, it, it's, like, I feel really strongly about it. I'm trying to, like, say it in the calmest way possible. I just think it's it's so... It, it's just so ignorant to try and say that... You know, well, well, all those matter then. It's like, well, we're not saying that. Like, you're clearly not saying that your life doesn't matter. My life matters more. We're saying black lives matter is equal to yours, right? So, for example, when there's a shooting somewhere or a terrorist attack or, like, the the shootings in Vegas, for example. Yeah. It's like the Vegas strong thing. Vegas strong, Vegas strong. There wasn't saying every city in your world strong. It was that <laughs> yeah. specific city needed attention because that was a, had a problem right totally. there and there. So it was Vegas strong. It wasn't every city in the world strong. It's Vegas strong. They have an issue. Right now, clearly, black people have an issue. So we're saying that we're putting light on that and saying there's an issue here. Our lives <clears throat> matter just as much as yours. We're not yeah. discrediting other people's lives. I feel like a partly to do that is just the the white fragility thing where they, they just don't want to accept the fact that it's like there's an issue there. I just think the whole think, thing of people saying all lives matter, it, it's just, it's so ignorant and it, it just really just, annoys me. I think it's really interesting how sometimes it just makes people so uncomfortable yeah. to mm-hmm. say black lives matter. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's kind of what you said, you know, I, I actually posted this on my, on my Instagram story, but I wrote, you know, for all for my all lives matter folks, when the Boston Marathon was bombed, they said everyone's profile changed to Boston yeah, strong. Yeah. Nobody said all cities are strong. Yeah. Las Vegas shooting happened. People changed their profiles to stand with Vegas. Nobody says, well, what about my city? Have you ever seen someone counter breast cancer posts with, what about colon cancer? But for some reason, if someone says Black Lives Matter, it makes some uncomfortable. Yeah. They feel the need to say all lives matter. It's not binary. Two things can be true. But when there's a crisis, we always rally around that particular group that's hurting doesn't discredit or diminish other groups. It just brings attention and support to that group that needs that attention. Yeah. And to right. me, that is, that's the way I see it. It's yeah. like, there is a part of our community that is hurting that is obviously speaking out because they can't tolerate how things are going anymore. And so 
as an empathetic person, why would you not rally yeah. around them? Why yeah. does that make you feel uncomfortable when someone is like, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, and you talk about like the rioting and all that and all the stuff that's happening and like, well, I can't condone that. Okay, sure. But if you had like two kids, for example, and like, let's just say one of my kids, you know, I neglected for a really long time and I was always showing this other kid a lot of attention. And then we're at the dinner table and then the one kid that I've neglected starts acting out and just totally having a total hissy fit and throws his food everywhere. Mm -hmm. As a father, I would, yes, I don't condone throwing your food everywhere, but I can't judge and I have to be empathetic and say, Mm -hmm. okay, what have I done that has caused him to throw his food that Mm -hmm. way and to react that way? And so to me, when I see the rioting and I see it, to me, it's more of a a symptom of the pain that people are 100%, in and that they're you know obviously reacting in a way that might not be the best for but you know it's like getting the attention of of their father or, or whatever that whatever now you want to use of, of, of everyone else in the community to say we're hurting you know do like help us yeah. right and and so to me that's when you it, people that are yes of course all lives matter but that's that doesn't mean that black lives does not matter and um it just it to me it's just it's almost like a sign of the ability to not empathize and yeah. to not see um well it's all ego right yeah. that's that's really what it comes down to and and what it is is um basically the product this is like what i learned in like social psych and like all these like studies about groups of people and uh that was the first time that i learned about it was like lots about uh discrimination and like racism and like what are the roots of this what are the like what's the cause and i remember like man one of my favorite classes so good and so he was talking about my professor was talking about how there are prototypes of human beings right so like basically when human beings all over the world think of a human the prototypical human being is a um it's a white middle class male Mm. So anything that deviates from the prototype has a hyphen. So for example, um, there needs to be like a reason why they're not just a human or why they're not just a person, right? Um, So instead of being a guy, you now become a black guy. Mm. Um, Instead of being a girl, you now become a a brown girl. Yeah. Or So there's different hyphens. So like, um, for example, uh, in sports, like it would be a female like a brown female or a black female yeah. instead of just like a tennis player. Yeah. If you said like a yeah. tennis player, the first thing you're going to think of is a, a white oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's really interesting when you like think about that. And, and the thing is like, anytime there is a heightened awareness or consciousness around BLM or around, you know, certain causes, um, specifically this one, it's the, it's the first time or what, some of the only times that white people, specifically white males, feel as though they're under attack. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that that's just the truth. It's like, all of a sudden the roles are reversed um, and they feel like they need to explain themselves or be self-defensive and put on the, on the defense. And once again, that comes from a lack of like consciousness and a lack of awareness to like, it's not you, it's the, yeah, it's the and, bigger picture, it's the system. It's the, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, when I see that, I don't even think it's necessarily, and that's, that's not really a sign of racism just because I, I have a lot of white friends that say the same thing. And that's, yeah. that, I, think, I don't think that's like, I don't think that they're being racist by saying that. Totally. But, but I, I, here's how, how this is the analogy I would use. Like, this is a typical guy thing, right? Mm-hmm. A girl is like, like complaining about something that's going wrong or whatever. Or there's something that's wrong that, yeah. that, that she's like trying to kind of, you know, um, hey, you know, this happened at work, this, 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 this. And then 
it makes guys feel uncomfortable because they don't know what to do. Like, what do you want me to do about it? Right. right. Or, and they're like, just listen. I just want you to listen right now. You right. don't have to actually do anything about it. Yeah. And this is a tip, like just a typical male thing to do. All males, myself. Oh, I good, know. Right? Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like guys like to do that in general. Yeah. Guys like to like, hey, what do you want me to do about it? What can, how can I fix it? And like, no, 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 you don't need to fix it. Just listen. That's all I'm trying to ask you to do. Totally. And that's like one of the biggest lessons you'll learn when you're in a relationship. And I think it compares similarly similarly to this is when they see someone like, okay, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. And it's just a typical guy reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. No, that's that's perfect, yeah. It, that, that was a pretty interesting point you made about the hyphen thing because it's mm-hmm. so prevalent, like, in the news and the media. It's always addressed if it's, like you said, if it's a black male or, you know, an Asian woman, it's always addressed. But if it was a white male, it's just a male. It, there's always, like, that. that's, that's so true and just... <clears throat> Uh, I feel like that's what you said about how it's not their fault it's to do with the system we've all been growing up in that's so true but man you you go back in history like there's only recent times where you know white males and just white people in general have been the forefront of like you know leading just in the system that they've been leading you go back years, all these intelligent black colonies were like so, so advanced, like Egyptians, for example. Right. Like your boy Mark sitting next to me, he's yeah. Egyptian, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we, they, they were so intelligent. <laughs> they're, they're so intelligent that to the point where like can this conspiracy theories to like try and address like some of the amazing things that they did. It's, it's can't they can't be possible they were that advanced. Egyptians, Africa, it's place it's black yeah. people. And it's yeah, only prevalent in, in today's society. The, the last, you know the in recent history where the, it's seen as, you know, white people are like at the top, the intelligent ones, it's like, no, you, you need to yes, that's the the world we've we've been growing up in. But have the the sense and the intelligence to realise that that doesn't necessarily mean any other culture or, or race is less intelligent than you. China could be the superpower. In yeah, twenty four years. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. And and that's a shift. Do you know what I mean? That's a shift right there. To then three, four, five hundred years after China takes over, who knows that all religious figures might be seen as Asian, like right. like it's, like Jesus is seen as a white white yeah. male. It's like it's factually evidence in that period of time when he was around it was all people of our color right so you know it's yeah i think it, it to me it's it's about humility and just knowing that like to me like we we're talking about this before but i could understand and, and this is talking to like people that are actually like full-on racist but like i could understand you know you worked extremely hard for a position at work and you became arrogant and you were a dick to everyone else. And and I don't necessarily understand or condone that, but I get that you actually like work for something or mm. you feel proud of it, whatever. Um, you know, if you if you did any sort of achievement, you were an Olympic gold medal, you're the fastest person in the world, you whatever, okay, you have something to be proud of. Right. But like who chose to be their race? Mm. So like how can you how can you be proud or like how can you have a pride or in like into demean others mm. for something that you never chose yeah. right like it's, yeah. it, to me it's the ultimate humility it's just yeah. like you're 
you, you love who you are, you accept who you are, and you accept others knowing that no one had a choice to be whatever color they were, but that right. was just the hand that you were, you were giving yeah. them. So yeah. how can you have any sort of pride or arrogance towards something that you never controlled? Yeah. You didn't right. do that, right? That's so, that's so true, it's, man. It's that's just, so it true. blows my mind. And so I think it comes back down to that humility, like you're saying, like these columns, like, you know, different empires from different parts of the world. You look up through a history, it's always changed. No country has been in power for, you know, maybe over over a thousand years or whatever. Like it always changes in some way or another. Whether you look at the Greek Empire, Roman Empire, Egyptian Empire, you know, Persian Empire, um, and now, you know, the US and, and, and American Empire and now possibly China. Mm. Um, you know, there's it, there's um it, it, it always changes into sort of have that humility to know that like okay you know i'm really lucky right now i live in a great place mm-hmm. uh, you know uh you know great life but to not um think that you deserve that for yeah. any reason that yeah. you did anything to deserve that it was it's it's partly like the, the hand that you've been dealt and so how yeah. can you be proud and therefore if you've been given that when then it's your responsibility to help those right that are in need. Yeah. Right. Um, so and I don't know if that goes to racism, but in some way, to me, it just all stems from pride. It all stems from pride, which is a lack of humility to know that, like, you don't deserve it. You mm. didn't do anything to deserve it. That, like, I couldn't agree more with what you just said, man. Like, it's it's so true that, like, I very, very strongly agree that, like, these people, like, they, they, they see it as in, like, you know, they, they feel that they're above you know so certain other people and it's like man you, you didn't do anything to get what it, you've been mm-hmm. dealt that card from birth mm-hmm. right don't don't feel confident in yourself because you feel like you're better than that other person you've been dealt that hand right and yeah you're, you're exactly. and that goes for male female that yeah, goes for you're everything. athletic yeah. you're not athletic you have deformities you don't you're good looking yeah. you're not whatever like like all the yeah. different things that go towards that i think this world needs a bit more humility and kindness it's about like it's basically what you're or what i'm like thinking what you're talking about is it's, it really just comes down to like what's innate and what's acquired through our life experience right yeah. um and and for people to be so on their high horse for lack of a better word based on what they've been born with and not what mm-hmm. they've worked for or what they've right. strived for or what they've accumulated or what they've socialized or whatever is uh just super silly and i was actually watching an interview the other day as i was kind of getting geared up for this podcast um where like jimmy kimmel was talking to kanye west and he asked him he's like why do you like president trump he put him on the spot mm-hmm. and kanye's response was all about pride did you see that episode no i haven't okay it was really good was it, was it recently it was 2018 okay. and so he basically just kind of like effed off his entire question because you could tell that the question was about to just like create a huge divide right yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like how yeah. could you not like that's what I mean, that's what showbiz is about, right? That's what media is about, right? It's like people want that. And and his whole response was just like, people can either act out of pride and fear or love. Mm -hmm. And he just talked about love after that. And he's like, why, you know, it it relates to what you're saying in the sense of, uh, and I'm going to just like tie it into love because I'm all about the love and the truth. And I'm like, literally just like, I truly, Feel that if people act with more love and truth and compassion and understanding mm. towards everything and drop their egos and dropped their pride and i'm not saying pride is negative all the time yeah. i think it's important to like pride is a high level positive emotion it basically means you have to work for something really hard mm. and therefore you experience 
a certain sense of pride, but also, um, but you didn't work for it. Exactly. There's also, there's also a negative pride, which is, you know, can almost become, uh, you know, somewhat of like a sin. Right. And so, um, I think that, yeah, I, I agree with what you say, Mark, in terms of like dropping pride. And I think that a lot of the times, Pride, ego, division, all that stuff kind of goes together. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. you, you, yeah. You, 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 if you have a problem with pride, it's from your ego. Yeah. It's You don't want to, your ego to take a hit. You don't want to say, you know, if you're, you're good at something and you're struggling with something else, you don't want to put your hand up and say, hey, I need help with this. Or yeah. you ask people for help. Or yeah. obviously, it's huge, like... The typical yeah. thing is men have a problem with ego. Everyone has a problem with ego. But, I mean, mm-hmm. for, ex- for just to put an example in, you know, a male at a high position at a, in a job and, you know, they're all, they've always got this positive feedback and they in their head they're like, right, I'm up here. And then they might come along in a situation where they don't know what they're doing, but instead yeah. of asking for help because in their head their ego's got so big, their pride won't let them turn around and be, you know, humble and say, like, put mm. a hand up and be honest say I don't know what I'm doing here I need mm. help mm-hmm. um, that's the, pride the, and ig- ignorance both together yeah. ooh yeah. <laughs> yeah, combo yeah. there um, yeah, exactly yeah and just I, that's one thing that I personally like really try and work on is having always having a less ego because you can always you know knock it back knock it back knock it back mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day like you know it's an illusion it's an illusion right like we're we're a minuscule significance to this universe it's it's so crazy because the duality of that like i always bounce back and forth between this is like nothing matters like i don't matter but at the same time everything matters and like these conversations like yeah it's like a small speck right and i think that that's like the big thing that's another illusion of like the world of like well why would why could why does my voice matter like why does my opinion matter what you know what that person's being racist over there they said something offside but like what am i really like what is my voice going to do about it why do i have credibility why should i speak up about this i mean it's your first time doing a podcast your first time doing a podcast and i'm sure you guys probably had a little bit of imposter syndrome yourselves like but like why should i be talking about this stuff you know And uh, it does matter. Like, it does freaking matter. It's so crazy because I've been through so many processes of growth on paper. Like, okay, yes, I have this certificate or that and this and this academic experience. But really, if I look back on my life, all the times that I've learned the most have been through conversations with people that probably have no idea they impacted me. And it's like that one sentence or that one story or that one experience, whether it was on the bus or with the cashier or with you guys. And it just goes to show that, like, shit, man, like, we matter so much more than we realize in the ripple effect of, like, influence. Because we're all influential, you know? This whole f- world we live in now with, like, influencers. Yeah. Fuck that. We're all influencers. Yeah. Literally, we don't have a choice. We yeah. all influence each other with every single thing that comes out of our mouth, every body movement we make, everything that we do. So uh, that's why I think this really does come down to a couple things but i think that a like consciousness and being like mindful of the the things that we put out in the world and being educated on like how we want to be in the world and then also realizing that we have a lot of power Mm -hmm. and that these conversations for example this one we're having right now could potentially you know reach somebody that could end up changing somebody else's life without Mm -hmm. us even knowing and and the humility in that of realizing i don't need the credit i'm just going to show up with a give it like uh, with a leave it or take it attitude um, I just want to yeah. ramble, but basically I just think that all of what we do matters. I, I totally agree. And, and, uh, you know, I was talking to some, 
friends that, um, you know, had a different opinion about just this whole movement and like, you know, we're kind of talking, they kind of drew out all the negative things that came out of it. Right. And like, it's, you know, to me, it's so easy to do, which is everything in life, right? Like, right. you know, you look at um, just any good movement that came out of life, you can pick it apart and it's always going to get distorted by the, you know, the next level, next generation, next level leadership, whatever. And that could be everything from, um, you know, the United States bringing democracy first time, bringing uh, liberty and freedom to all. And then, um, and then you have, you know, all the, the racist people that came out of that, that, mm-hmm. that maybe that that's not how it necessarily stemmed. Or you could argue that the constitution itself was, was beautiful and for the first time people actually could grow out of being the peasant into being you know having wealth for themselves or whatever you look at um and, and these, these are all controversial subjects i'm sure and everyone's yeah. had a different opinion but you could but for whatever like christianity same thing right like you have you know jesus and his disciple jesus was arguably one of the most you can't there's not very much you can if you look at that person you know hold against him but then the Roman Catholic Church comes after, then you have the Crusades, and then you have all the things that. But you, when you study that life, that life was all about like helping the poor and helping the, you know, um, uh, uh, giving women a voice and helping people that did that had no rights or whatever, and giving empowering them against a system that was oppressing um, a lot of those people. And so, and, and same thing with you know with Muslims. Like so there's a lot of great Muslim people that are. Um, that that have and, and, and there's, there's a beautiful there's beautiful verses where people can take what they want out of that and and live a great life and then there's people that will you know become terrorists and, and, right. and fly into buildings and whatever and so i think anything in life you know it's really easy to just sit back and and, and point out the bad things so this whole black lives coming back to black lives matter movement there's there's some beautiful things that are happening right now and if all you want to focus on is the negativity about it and like the negative things that are happening um then you're going to miss the entire point but i think personally what i'm very encouraged by is the fact that there are like it is waking people up that's never um that were never aware of what was happening before and so now even if like you know a random, you know, HR manager who's looking through resumes and sees, you know, the resume with Jamal. Mm-hmm. And now instead of just kind of passing on it, they're like, you know what? I'm going to take an extra second. Yeah. Right. There, we want yeah. There, that's yeah. a huge win. Right. Yeah. If you have, you know, you're sitting with a group of like 15 people and there's a couple of black people, you're not really paying attention to them or for whatever reason you're making them feel left out right. or any sort of minority for that case. You know, now taking that extra second to make sure everyone feels included and because you've been taught about systemic racism and just implicit racism, um, you know, that's, that to me is a huge win. And if we, and, and I, I, yeah, so it's like, there's a lot of people, even like for the people that are just like posting on social media and you're like, well, you know, you're, all you're doing is a post. Well, all that's doing is bringing awareness. Right. Um, and I like to think about this. And so, so, so you think about people are like, well, it's not, it's going to take a lot more. And yes, it is. But if you think about what happened 60, like 60 years ago where we were, you know, in terms of segregated schools, and I think right. even like right now, like it's a, um, a county in Texas just like ripped up this gate that separated both white and black graveyards. Right. And for the first time ever, they're doing that. Right. Like that's, yeah. this movement is moving, doing that. And, and you know what it is too, is like, I was talking about this um, with one of my friends and I, I would get like triggered 
I used to get triggered by like trends from the media and like technology. And he literally was like, yeah, it's actually like, it's a good thing because even though it might be a popularity contest situation at first or like, oh, I just want to go with the status quo, like yeah. the new status quo. Yeah. For example, even the revolution of like woke and spirituality, yeah. as you've noticed, it's a huge brand almost, mm. but it actually is leading people yeah. down the right yeah. path. Yeah. So even if the intentions aren't, aren't mindful at the beginning or maybe not for the right reasons, yeah. it's still making a freaking difference. And it's yeah. like you said, maybe because he didn't pass Jamal was because of fear of other people's opinions. Human beings are wired exactly. for fear it's to stay away from threats, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, maybe it, that is the initial intention. Actually, I can almost say 100% it is because you yeah. don't want to say something wrong. You don't want to do something wrong or you want to be with, you know, the people. Yeah. Because you want to be liked as yeah. a fucking it, human being want to be. It's a herd mentality. Exactly. And if that herd is moving in the Socially, right direction, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, you could look at the example like 20 years ago when I was growing up, um, like it was okay to say, hey, faggot, that's gay. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. People now it's, it's just normally. bad as like, now yeah. you, don't, you just no one would say effort, that, yeah. right? And so like, I so that to me is very encouraging that in 20 years that much change can happen because totally. of people like Ellen DeGeneres and, and all these like, you know, gay LGBTQ uh, activists that are speaking up and now it's become a lot more personal. It's not like this gay person or whatever. It's like, that's my friend. That's it. You know, like, yeah. that person yeah. and you're yeah. late morning totally. TV and movies and, and that's, you know, that's beautiful. So now you can actually relate to people. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you guys think that because I've, I've spoken to a lot of black people about it and, you know, they, they have the opinion of, you know, who these guys shouldn't be saying this because they're not it's like white people shouldn't be saying this or like because it's come from the wrong intentions and it's like i totally agree with what you guys said it's like all awareness is at this at this point is good awareness right mm, exactly. it, has exactly. to, it has to breed from somewhere yeah. and this the start of it is just being more mindful of, of what's going on on yeah. the situation so you know if millions of white people just following because it's a trend on social media like the the blackout tuesday thing or whatever it was mm. like obviously a large proportion of them probably racist themselves to some degree yeah um probably don't really care too much probably not going to do anything if i you know meet them and say like hey like this is a good charity to donate to and they say yeah cool i'll do it and then they don't like yeah cool like i i totally agree that a lot of them aren't coming from the right intentions but at the same time it's making more it's just breeding awareness which is the main thing at this point yeah you have yeah. to look at it logically and be like what is it's just steps right it exactly. can't all come at once it has to be in steps 100%. the first step is make people more aware mindful of the situation yeah. because i personally i'm just one person and i've had countless white people reach out to me and say like Hey man, like I never, you know, I never knew this was such an issue. I never knew you went through this. I've like had friends, like good friends turn around to me and say like, mm. you know, I'm, I'm sorry for that time that, you know, you got offended because of this and I just, you know, blew over it because I didn't really understand or, you know, sorry for saying this totally. sort of thing when, when we were growing up, like I feel really bad looking back on it. Like I picked on you for this and it, all that, that's just one person. And I've had countless white people say that that's the, that's the start of, where we can improve right. is having more people aware. So, yeah. you know, it, it's frustrating to have white people try and discredit or the help of white people in this situation because it's just, it's not productive. You need white people. In yes. Yeah. Yeah. Need, yeah. It can't just all come from black people. That's no, the whole that's, point. Yeah, that's the whole, and it's literally the whole point. Yeah. We're going through this our whole lives, right? right. We, 
I made a post about this on my social media. It's like when it all first started happening, the protests started to happen. Everyone was like, oh, don't you think it's so cool, blah, blah. And I'm like more like a bit, not, I wouldn't say realistic because it is, you know, good things. But I'm like, yeah, cool. But watching a month's time when it's out of the media, everyone right. go back to their life and they stop caring. All, all the white people stop caring because it doesn't that, that, like affect them, right? Mm -hmm. It affects us. We go through it all the time. Right. We're always fighting and dis discussing it. It, it. it can't get better unless we you get more white people on board. Totally. Um, because who has the control and power? It's white people. And we to, need to get them on board. Um, and to me, that's been one of the most beautiful things about this whole movement is the amount of white people that are stepping up. This is unlike anything we've seen. Yeah, right. in history. yeah it's great, man. You know, it's when great. you look back right. at the 60s, 80s, like you know every movement like now a lot of these 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 um protests are filled with white people right yeah that's beautiful because i think people are like you know people i think innately are like they're good and most people want 100%. to do the right thing and they are kind and especially this our generation is very you know feel much more connected i think than older generations yeah but yeah. just because of social media information through the internet yeah. and all that like obviously globalization transportation all of that so we feel a lot more connected uh, to one another and so it's like i think this whole movement is like especially gen z like some of the younger generations like i'm really like to me it's very encouraging so like, i'm kind of proud of like how yeah. much people totally. stood up and are are fighting for other people because they're like wow now and, and a lot of people too i think covid actually bred a lot of this too because like when covid happened yeah a lot of people I, that i spoke to were very much like I'm reevaluating my meaning. <laughs> like, right, what totally. am I doing? What's yeah. my purpose? Because yeah. all, all the externals got taken away. Exactly. You start realizing like your core and like, yeah. what, what the fuck am I actually really here for? Yeah, more time. exactly. So, like, and so this was like perfect timing for that. Themselves, right? And I hope it continues to go. Like now you're seeing this whole movement with sex trafficking and people are like, no, not yeah. on our watch, right? Totally. Like, and I, uh, to me, I love that because it's like, I think now we have a lot of momentum where people are like, okay, we're gonna make the world that we want, you yeah. know, and like that to me is super cool. Yeah, very optimistic. It, it, as much as like everyone's like, oh my god, like I, you know what? Everyone's like very like negative about twenty twenty. I wouldn't say everybody. It's I like love 50, it. 50, 50. I yeah, love it. It's yeah. been the best year ever. Honestly, it has it's been, been the best, best year. year ever. And at first, I was quiet about it because I felt insensitive saying that. Yeah. But I mean, I was going through everything that everybody else was going through. My mom's mm -hmm. immunocompromised. Like you know, I had to completely entirely switch my background of business my dad lost his like you know what i mean like i was fully affected by it yeah but all of this but i wasn't affected emotionally and if i was affected emotionally it was very very positive mm -hmm. and i think that yeah like it's and people are waking up yeah. it's and you know what i heard this like uh really cool stat was if you think of human beings and their evolution and if you compare it to the size of like a football field we're at like the third yard mark yeah mm -hmm. so like when you think about that like we're all fucking children like yeah. when you think about the fact that only about 300 years ago, like people were literally coming to the country on like boats yeah. and on water yeah. and like with their kids. And can you get out of here? Do you have to pee? I have to pee so bad. So let's just take a quick pee. Hey guys, we just had a quick little pee break. The guys are still just dropping dookies over there. They had to drop a conversation. You saw it again? I just found out like two days ago that you and Miles didn't know each other before that. Yeah, we, we, we had we just a great fucking bond. So we all we, met on the same night. Yeah. I feel like we should you should 
when we introduce you, you should have brought that story up. It's been recording this whole time. Oh, really? We had the longest conversation I think two humans have had. Right? Ever. Like, I will always be the person, like, off to the side talking to a random person about, like, space. Or, like... Yeah, yeah, right. Like, right. super... Me too. In, yeah. Like, I'm just, like, I'm ready to get like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, like, off to the side, yeah. like, literally talking about, like... Yeah, the stuff that we talk about on podcasts. That's yeah. why I create the podcast, because... I felt like there's a lack of um, substance in today's conversations. And not only that, I know that the reason why I am the person I am today is purely because of conversations with certain people. Mm. Like, that's it. Human connection, basically. And I was like, okay, how can I create a space where, like, that is authentically being given exposure to? And I was like, okay, duh, podcast. That's where it's at. And so uh, I think it's really cool that, like, we didn't all know each other that long ago. And we ended up having like an incredible in-depth conversation. He's like, where do you stand? I'm like, I'm an all lives matter white activist. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, what? she's like, okay, okay. So you totally believe me. And I was like, I'm just flattered. Dude, I wrote that. Okay, so I'm so happy we talked about this right now because I was so confused. I thought I heard you wrong. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I think he said that wrong. So anyways, <laughs> okay, yeah. literally, I was like, okay, wait, I'm super confused. I'm like, are I'm Miles and him on the same page? I'm here to write. Represent white racist people. <laughs> Dude, I was so happy you brought this up because up until like now, I was still waiting for like, <laughs> I was like, wait, like, I think I'm missing something. <laughs> like, like, is Marky racist? He's Uncle Rockers from Boondocks. So good. <laughs> so fucking good. But, anyways. Happy to have you guys here. We're about, you know, there's going to be some edits, but we're around 45 to an hour mark. And I think that we've, uh, these guys were also, by these guys, I mean, like, more specifically, was really, like, yeah, the whole time. So, basically, Mark is like, you need to send me all the questions, and I need to know, like, absolutely what's going on, because... And I respect that, obviously, because it's a really serious topic. And, like, you you don't want to come, I don't know, like, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to be unprepared. And you don't want to be I unprepared. I think especially if you're talking about certain scenarios or, especially if you're like, or oh, something happening. Especially you're if you're like, a white supremacist. Yes, like, exactly. like yourself. Like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> this is trying to be productive as you can, right? Like, obviously, you know, it we want to be able to come near and say, like, perform to the best of our abilities. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, of so course, of course. It was a big help to obviously sort of, like, research what you were going to be talking yeah. about. I mean, so, we talk about nothing. <laughs> Everything you sent over, nothing we've touched on. No, no, no. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's what it is. Like, that's what it is. It happen, though, right? Yeah, it's just 100%. And, and when you said it would be an hour and a half, I was like, mate, me and Mark are like, we don't, we don't fuck around. Yeah. You guys, I hope you know but no like yeah you were like I'm, I'm available between one and five i was like all right we'll have to do two parts no i'm just kidding no, no, no. <laughs> eight hours like, oh, you know. <laughs> no, this, no, this no. is the most important thing so. I would like to honor you for a moment right now because uh, I've been doing this podcast for a little bit. I love it. It's amazing. And it's definitely like my favorite, one of my favorite parts about what I do because it's like pure. 
And it, there's no app, like there's no ask other than like, yo, let's just be better humans and let's be more aware, let's be more conscious. There's no sales, you know, nothing, but like subscribe, absolutely send it to your friends and holler at me if you want. I'm just kidding. But no, no, no. Um, legit, it's the first time that I've had somebody so keen on being on it. And I know it had nothing to do with me and my podcast it had to do with speaking up about yeah. what you are passionate about and like what you believe in and so that was really cool i said that to multiple people that I, I mentioned it to a lot of people i'm like you know what like these guys like genuinely give a shit yeah, yeah. like genuinely because they just want they don't even really know me like they don't there's no agenda other than hey let's like expose more of what we talked about yeah. when we first met and i think that's super cool because it's super authentic and it's super like Mm-hmm. It just it just is what it is, and so for me, it was a really cool experience to have somebody like so willing to and adamant on, hey, let's talk about let's this. Let's do stuff. it, yeah, yeah. No, so thank you for that. It's super mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is awesome. It's yeah, really it's fun. Awesome. It's really yes. good. we're having a great time. Shall we? Shall we whip up a little current event story? What do you guys think? We prepared all these little things and like talking about like sure. talking points and stuff. And like, there's so many different talking points right now. Like there, there's just so many. And, and Mark and I were talking on the phone of like, the main idea I think, or the main theme that I got from like the both of you guys combined outside of any agenda is like, how do we talk about the things that we need to talk about that matter that, uh, especially towards the Black, Black Lives Matter movement and just like social change in general and how do we keep it relevant beyond trends? How do we keep it relevant beyond like what's the next hottest topic? Mm-hmm. And also to add on top of that, how do we be solution oriented? Like everybody wants to talk and yeah. like just talk yeah. and like speak and okay, cool, this happened and that happened and this and that and that. Or I'm going to post this or I'm going to post that or I'm going to direct you here or I'm going to direct you there. But like where is the collectivist approach in terms of like where do we go from here? Like what do we really want? Like, where do we want to go and how can we all play a little bit of a part in that? Because yeah. every little bit counts, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how can we be solution-oriented? And um, I think that... And, yeah. Yeah, go. No, I was going to say, I, I do talk to a lot of people that are like, it means nothing unless there's like, unless you're putting money down or unless like there's system systemic change, unless there's, you know, laws are being changed, unless blah, blah, blah. Like all these kind of things right. that are quantifiable or like objective. something that's objective yeah. that's material like it actually like you know manifests itself in, 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 a, in a real change right um you know I, and I, I totally agree with that um to me though like you know as a person i think it's like for me it's more important like if i am in a school and they have all these like or if i'm in a you know workplace or in a country or a city or whatever and they have all these laws about you know give this person equal you know make sure that this you know, resume is looked at just equally as, and you have to, mm-hmm. you know, hire this many people and like all these different things that we could do and have a certain percentage of minorities. And, and th- those are all great. Um, to me, what's more important is changing people's hearts because right. that is like, it's, you can't change that. Right. And you talk about like a relationship, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship with your husband and wife and like, you know, you got a date night. Okay. I got to be there from seven to eight, but I'm like, you know, or I got to do these chores. Okay. I'm being a good husband. I, you know, <laughs> I'm like a, you know like a robot and I have to do these things, but really my heart's not in it. Then like there, that's there's something that's right. missing. And so to me, what I, what I, again, going back, being optimistic about this whole movement is that I love that. I feel like people's hearts are actually changing and to me, you can't rush that and it can't be something that you just kind of push into, um, you know, something that's you know, <laughs> something that's like, is, is, uh, 
That's a chance of posting for now. You, you um, just want to be natural. Yeah, yeah, I was supposed to until you took forever to post with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's true. Like for me, it's just very much like I, there's one of those movements that I don't think you can't rush it. It's okay to talk about it, even if there's just a lot of talk, even if there's right. just a lot of social media posts, like that's, that's part of it. it it's mm-hmm. not all of it. Listen, if it ends there and there's no systemic change, it's a failure, yeah. but don't, you know, discount what's happening on social media don't discount the the, the the conversations that are having right. you know that we're having right now that i've had at parties that i've had behind closed doors with people that don't discount all the talking because i think that's where like that's where the real change happens right. where people are actually enlightened about one something. conversation at a time yeah it's one 100%. conversation at a time people are and I, I was just on conversation with my one of my best friends the other day and like you know he and he had a totally different side and but we were able to talk something. He's like, honestly, man, I never saw it that way. Right. Because, and he's and, and it was just that statement alone over a phone call, you know, like hearts being changed to me are way more important than any law that you could put in any sort of systemic. And I believe systemic change needs to happen. Don't get me wrong, but don't discount that other side. of hundred percent. And like, this is me and Mark talked about a long enough, this a lot in our conversation our nine hour conversation (laughs) he's I agree to a certain extent he's more positive than I am like I like I agree but I feel like it's good only up to a certain point I'm always in the mindset of like what's the next step what's you know how we can get better and better and better I I totally agree because we've already talked about earlier obviously like just getting awareness and having the conversations is the starting point. Mm-hmm. But I feel like more so myself, the mark, I feel like it, the systematic change needs to be addressed because just talking about it is only going to get us so far. I mm-hmm. mean, like, mm-hmm. like I said, when this all started and came about, I was like, it was like, don't you think it's so good? And I was like, yeah, like, I agree, but I know what's going to happen. I know people are going to lose interest in a while. I know this, that, like, I know this is going to happen. So it's like, I totally agree. It's so positive. Everyone's being more mindful and the awareness is massively, massively improved. But to me, it's like, is in six months' time, in a year's time, is any systematic change going to happen? Because it needs to go beyond just having a conversation. That's just my opinion. Um, and by the way, I totally agree. It, yeah, if it yeah. if it doesn't, and that's what I said earlier, if it doesn't lead to change, systemic change, um, it's a failure. Yeah. But a lot of people are just like, just you know, negative, it's, right? it's yeah. negative about the talk. And it's like, no, the talk still needs to happen. That's a really important process right. to get us yeah. to where people's hearts change, which leads to the end goal of systemic change. Right. And, you know, there's equality is as close as we can get to that. The way I see it is like, you know, people might, it's like the social media thing. Everyone's like, you know, saying, putting stuff online and saying this, but it's like when I turn around and say like, would you do this? Would you go to this protest? Would you donate to this charity? Would you sign this petition? A lot of them won't do it because it only goes so far, right? So I'm a bit less positive in the sense that, yeah, everyone's having a conversation, but when it's time to, I don't know, vote, voting, for example, Mm -hmm. Are they going to be mindful of this situation when they're voting, or are they just going to vote, you know, how they normally do, which might necessarily just benefit them? Right. Like, 
It's I feel like, so much politics comes into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and voter suppression is a, so a massive, bad. massive deal. So bad. Yeah, you hear about like LeBron James and a few people within his network are paying for um, uh, for s- several people that are being charged with some sort of felony. Um, I think in the state of Florida, but I think all over, uh, don't quote me on this, it's either the state of Florida or all across the country, they're paying for their felony so that they can actually vote because they, unless they, they owe uh, money to the government, then they can't vote. But if they pay off their debt, then they can. And, uh, so that's one of the it's, ways that he's stepping up. And, uh, it's yeah. a massive, massive issue. I mean, yeah. voter suppression is crazy. And like the thing is, is like obviously right now we're talking about in the like in the uh, perspective of like American politics. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. Okay, so here's the thing: people are always like, "Why are you like it's American politics? We're in Canada." Like, no, no. Like America literally influences the entire world, mm-hmm. and especially as Canadians, like everything that happens in America right now is going to literally not just influence us, but everybody. Yeah. And it's the like, man, if if shit goes down there, which it has been going down lately, it affects everybody. It affects every. It's an example. It's the example, right? Once again, that prototype, right? That's what it is. And so I think it's important for us to be, even if we're Canadians, to be talking about. American politics to be talking about voters oppression over there to be talking about all these things because those are we're people and we're neighbors and it, even if we weren't neighbors we're still all humans and uh, this is definitely an issue of humanity and like it's definitely an issue of humanity it's, totally. it's all it is cross border like cross cultural yes history. I feel like it's not something that a lot of people know about because it's not obviously addressed in the media often um yeah or has it until now but it's, i want to know what you guys think i'm so curious about this and like if you guys don't want to say anything on it please don't feel pressured um because i know you guys like to have like you know your preparedness or whatever but like what is your guys's take on because i'm hearing lots of like i'm various i'm a very central person okay in every single way I like to look at facts and I like to look at like, what is my goal? And like, what is my intention? And how am I going to make actions towards that intention? That's like, I'm not like with one pol- political party or, or whatever, or like, mm. I don't identify with one race. I don't like, and I'm very open. So how do you guys feel about this whole thing happening right now in America with like, obviously everybody that says that they're with Trump is, or lots of people that say Trump is a racist or like the Republican party is, is advocating for racism or, you know, not really progressing the social change movement forward. But then there's all this other arguments of like the Democrats are evil and the Democrats are um, using the BLM movement as a political tactic to drive their, you know, their own self-service forward. Yeah. And so it's like, how do people become more, and I'm not even saying take a certain side. I just want to know your thoughts around that. And like, also like, how do we as human beings start conversing with one another and realizing that, like, how can we address the commonalities between us? And I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling now, but like, there's so much division and so much hate. Well, like, yeah, I think, you know, and, and again, I don't know all the facts around this, but I know that Trump has done some things for, for black people in terms yeah. of incarceration. There's been a lot of things, even yeah. Van Jones, Policies, who's yeah. like what, a huge social rights activist. Yeah. I watch him all the time, you know, Van Jones on CNN, like, um, and he, and, and he's even advocate said, you know, Trump has done a lot for black people in this regard in terms of like law and order. Yeah. However, you have to balance that with his rhetoric. His rhetoric that has brought more division. Yeah. Than and anything else. Yeah. And so and it's like, and that's my whole point. It's like, okay, you could 
and create all these laws and rules and everything, but if the if people's hearts are divided, right, and if if you don't change people's hearts and there's feels like you against us and you can't you can't be a president that unifies the country together, right, then we miss the whole point. You change right. all the laws you want, but if people's hearts are not changed, right, then you've missed the whole point. And and that's where I feel like he's failed in in most of the time by just not the frequency seeing anything, of the countries right well. and and so you can't argue the country is more divided than it ever has been, and Trump has a huge he plays a huge yeah. role in that, yeah. and so he can say all he wants about all the things he's done. The fact is, what he hasn't said when he's chosen to stay silent, and the, and the thing, mm-hmm. and then the times where he has decided to you know repost retweets or whatever, right. um, you know, has created a lot of division in many people. <clears throat> and this is the part that bothers me the most about, and and in, in terms of empathy, in terms of Black Lives, is it. I can't imagine how it feels for a black person to live in the United States in certain counties. Where it's like, I've raised my family, I've done everything I can to be successful, right. but I don't even feel comfortable here. Like, right. I don't feel wanted in my own country. And never, and it's okay, even it was like, as you know, for myself, it's one thing to feel for yourself, but then you have kids. Right. And it's like, my kid can't feel comfortable in there. Like, that's a whole new level, yeah. right? And that's where I think this whole, you know, it's starting, people are, 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 are it's, a, it's a really sad um, situation where people are at today where, it's, you know, more than ever, it's actually coming along. They're like, no, I've never, you know, whereas before they've tolerated, you're like, I'll always like get looked at twice when I walk in a grocery store. You know, yeah. if I stop, I get stopped by a cop. Yeah. Like it was kind of like something you're just used yeah, to. Yeah, totally. And now I think what's before this movement is like, people are like, no, that's not okay. And yeah. now white people are signing up for that as well. And right. it's like this whole idea of just making people feel comfortable in the country that they live is like step one you know like how do we make people feel like this yeah. is your country just as much as it is ours and i think that's colin kaepernick's whole like you know protest with kneeling is it's not against the flag in the country it's like you know you look at a lot of these, and i i watch you know black, um commentary on athletes and a lot of these you know black athletes that are stepping out there you know they're talking about you know it's when you when you your fourth of july means a lot different than what it means for me like it doesn't mean the same thing you know the the flag does not mean the same thing that means for you that it does for me just because of all the things that are associated with that in terms of not feeling you know wanted in this country all the you know reminders of our ancestors that were brought here as slaves and then treated a certain way and then you talk about redlining a systemic racism where the system was against us for hundreds of years so it's like how can i be so proud of a country that mm. has not been on my side for all yeah. these years right, right? and um, then they're attacked for not you know being so like yeah. patriotic it's like well hang on it, yeah how can you this that and the other done to me my parents my grandparents it, it's like exactly. why would i be that patriotic you, you know you can't create robots and i love the fact that people are just like being honest it's like this is the way i feel and it's because i've not felt accepted in my country and i felt like the system was against us and you can right. look at all of the laws and even when slavery was abolished and you talk about 13th amendment and the prison system and you know making marijuana a class one um drug uh, yeah, that yeah. basically is, is, is the same as i think heroin yeah and co- like, yeah and, and your cocaine that. is less than uh, you know uh than, than marijuana like that's that's insane and that was just a way and a plot by the government to incarcerate you know yeah. more low-income families mainly black people yeah. um in these cities and and you said redlining and not being able to like leave that you know community and you if you were part of a certain um you know uh redlined 
part of the city, you were not allowed to, um, or you were less likely to get a loan, you were less likely to get accepted from a higher education school. Yes. Yeah. You no know, school. So it, 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 there's so many, like, there's so many things to, to knock. The chances of black people being successful, um, there's, there's so many just going off what Mark's saying, people don't know what redlining is. After the civil civil war, banks would redline certain areas in predominantly black, on poor areas as um, uninvestable to businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, the people there couldn't get loans from banks purely because they're all from a certain region. Right. So say, you know, you, you're start trying to start for life and you're in that certain area, you're just because you're you're from a certain place, you're less likely to have a chance of getting a loan or anything or of that get, matter. Get accepted from a, a prestigious university, right? right. right. So yeah. again, wealth like is obviously come from <clears throat> housing system and education, education as well. All the predominantly black poor areas, their schools have got less money because it's all funded through property tax. And in that area, the property tax is a lot lower because it's been made un- in uninvestable compared to white areas where it's affluent and there's more money in that area. And a white dominated area, which is, you know, obviously more wealthy, they've got schools that have, have higher property tax and they've got more funding. So you're already at a loss in education right. as a kid going into school. You haven't got the resources. You've got overcrowded classes. You've got mm. no extracurricular activities. To a white kid who probably like might not be as intelligent as you, you're already at a loss. So it's your whole life from 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 a young age, you're at a loss. Mm. And this this sense of you know black people aren't as intelligent or black, it's it's like no. Look at the hands they've been dealt, mm. and look at the system. You've had a better education system. You've got wealthy parents from your from a wealthy background because you're in an area where it hasn't been redlined. You can invest. You can get a bank loan. That so can nothing be nothing to do down. with race. It's to do with yeah. income. Yeah, it's, to do, it's the same thing as a white person in a poverty stricken area. Like if you, but with in a prestigious in a, in a home that has a lot of money, you're going to go to more prestigious universities. You're going to get educated. You're, you know, you're more likely to get a loan from the bank. You build that equity, and mm-hmm. then you compound that with hundreds of years. Yeah, and you think about the equity that you're able to build, whereas you know the blacks had the system against them, so they have very little equity, and. And so it's just, it's, that is systemic racism, yeah. essentially. Right? There, there was an investigation into the Atlanta real estate and they found that bankers were more likely to give loans to white poor families than a black family that's doing well off than, than wealthy, like factually, because mm-hmm. they're in an area that's redlined. They're less investable. They're from, and so how can you control that? If you if you're born into a family, you stay there. Just like from birth, you're 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 already at a loss, and this is what people don't understand. It's like right. they 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 assume that everybody. Oh, it's it, born that that black born. yeah, yeah. that Resources. black person has not got to my heights because he's less intelligent. He hasn't worked hard. As right. Me. That, that's yes. not the that's not the fucking case, man. It, and the it, flip side of that is like people that use examples, which we were going to talk about of like you know black people or colored people that have made it as an example or 
basically a justification of why oppression isn't doesn't exist. Right. So like Morgan Freeman, Oprah, all yeah, these yeah. black famous people, or not even like famous, just people that have made it in yeah. general, is uh, okay. Well, clearly there's equal opportunity. It's like no, there's. Yeah. Yeah, and so like that is crazy, you know. Um, that is crazy, and it's like, how do we open up a space where people don't get defensive and try to prove their point? Like, I, I'm a fan of debates. Okay, I think debates need to come back. I think evidence needs to come back, and like yeah. people talking about why versus judging each other, just like actually understanding one another and trying to prove points, whatever. But man, how do we create a space for that? Because I think that uh, some people are just, I don't know where it comes from, but some people are just so against listening to an opposing view. And I think that that lack of dialogue and that self-defensiveness and that you're wrong, like, where does that even come from? Like, how does it, it's not even, like, you're not even affected. Like, I don't know why you're being so sensitive. (laughs) We're not talking about you. People are very emotional right now. And like, it's like, why? And so people bringing up examples of like, for example, Morgan Freeman saying, stop talking about race, that's how to get rid of it. Or like people saying, well, clearly, oh, look, they'll show an uh, example, like the one we picked out, which was like of Oprah. I'd say, oh, well, if that's what, you know, oh, it would be, it would be nice to be in that position. Like, you know, people saying ignorant comments of like, oh, being black looks pretty good to me. Yeah. And it's like, and then obviously that triggers the emotions of people that are like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then that emotion probably just triggered, you know? So it's like, as much as I just want to punch people in the face sometimes, yeah. I'm trying really hard to realize how do we, how do we hold people accountable and also like allow for different perspectives and a shift and because what it is is a paradigm shift yeah right that's really what it is is people's belief systems and, and all the shit like is built from the same thing where our beliefs have been built yeah. years and years and years and years of programming conditioning socialization family everything um and so just and that's why life is such a trip yeah because your perception is your perception and my perception is my perception and that's why truth you know, can be so crazy because how is it that what I believe, hypothetically speaking, is 100% different from what you believe? Yeah. That's just to tell you right now we're in a simulation. And by simulation, I mean, we are taught from a very young age what is right, what is wrong, what to say, what not to say, what is, you know, all of that stuff. And so it's like, how do we shift paradigms? Yeah. That's really what this is. It's a paradigm shift. Yeah. And it's one person at a time. It's a, it's, it's a group at a time. It's a community at a time. It's a country at a time. And it's like, how do we play our parts in facilitating a space where paradigms can be shifted and where it's so annoying when certain people's opinions are so different from us, but how do we still drop our own egos yeah. and say, okay, let's talk about it. Why do you feel this? Where feel does this it? come from? Try and be understanding. And yeah. Try to be understanding even when you might think this person is an ignorant racist. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is where change lies and that's why I know this is a, is a thing of, like I said, humanity and human consciousness and I think that's why the work really, really, really is micro to macro and macro to micro. It's both, right? Yeah. yeah. As masses, it's been shown from the revolution, from the protests, how powerful we are as groups mm. to change an individual's opinion. Right. But at the same time, it works the other way around too. And how do we work from both ways, right? right. And so that's kind of what I'm super interested in right now is like, how can I lead by example to well you're doing the right thing right because you're you've got your own podcast it's not controlled by anyone no one's gonna mm-hmm. can physically come in here and exploit our conversation totally. yeah you know like on social media 
you know, it, it has become a thing where it's been exploited by censored. governments now. It's censored. Everything's fucking um, censored. These, these fake accounts and, you know, people pushing the narrative. Right. People hired by the government to sit there on a computer and push all this narrative. One thing that cannot be controlled by that is doing something like this because the no one can walk in here right now and stop what we're saying and you're going yeah. to you're going to upload it and people will hear it. And it can't yeah. be... The only thing physically that could happen is it get taken down. Yeah. No one can control the narrative of what we're saying. Right. Podcast is one of the main, the main like, positive things and, mm-hmm. you know, that's come out of the last 15, 20 years. It's so beautiful, it's because yeah. Because you, I love you, it. you literally can't change it. Yeah. I mean, all, literally all you can do is take it off, you know, censor it by taking it down. But, yeah. like I said, no, no one can literally come in here and control what we're saying mm. and then people are going to listen to that and it's right. one of the only tools that I feel like is still unexploitable to a certain extent you know so you're you're doing you're doing a good thing yeah thank you for being part of it and like the other the other unfortunate bad side of that is people that um have podcasts or have voices that might not be empowering um but i think that i like to look and see that i think a lot of stuff is empowering i think there is a lot of greatness happening and one of my friends on the last podcast who i had this episode before this mic he called me the other day i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but i'll ask him before i post this and he said you know somebody complained to him to at his hr he's a foreman and um he has a high level position at his job he works on the ships in north Bend, and he was freaking out because he's like i think He's basically like, what if somebody saw, like, heard the podcast or, like, he started this page right now. It's basically a social activist page, right? right? And he's like, what if somebody didn't like what I had to say and, and what if I lose my job? And he's freaking out, right? Yeah, and like, just yeah. relax. You don't even know what's going on right now. <laughs> and that is a scary thing, in my opinion, is, like, that sense of, like you said, control or oppression or whatever it is, is, like, that is the what I want to break through right now, which is allowing people to, A really get in touch with their humanness Mm -hmm. and be express that more without fear of judgment or without fear of like, what are the consequences of me legitimately being a fucking human Mm -hmm. and like actually speaking my mind unfiltered from a place of love. Like you said, from a place of heart, from a place of unity. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that is still being to somewhat, maybe not objectively oppressed, but in our minds, like those chains of like, if this, then what? That is the first, I think, big revolution that's occurring right now of people are not, people are are being less and less afraid to speak up and use their voice. And I think that's where it really starts. And so like right now on this podcast, if anyone's freaking listening and you feel like you've been holding back to say something um, because A, you don't think it matters or B, you're afraid or, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's just a, a small conversation with someone you love in private or whether it's reaching out to one of us, like I said, our, our IGs will be linked. Or whether it's like on a scale and you want to start a page or you want to start a blog or you want to start a podcast. Like I'm a nobody. Like I started this because I wanted to do it because I thought that it needed to happen. You know, like we're all in the same position. And I think that the biggest thing that needs to occur is the influencers that we listen to that have hundreds, millions of followers. And they're talking about the stuff that we agree with. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're like, Oh my God, that's cool. Yeah. That illusion of separation that occurs of they're doing it, so I don't need to. I think that's really where, personally, I think is where the first big change is going to occur of your voice fucking matters. 
And it can't just be people of higher power doing it. Like, yeah. it has to be all of us. Yeah. Like, it has to be all of us speaking it, whether it's at our dinner tables or whether it's with our friends or whether it's on a podcast or what, and our workplace and not being afraid of, well, what's going to happen to me if, because it's never been a more, I know it might seem like it's not the time for opportunities, highest time for opportunities, biggest time for you to make it. Like, honestly, anybody that's in a fucking blood sucking job that doesn't align with their value system, or maybe they have a racist boss, or maybe their environment isn't facilitating your belief system, get the fuck out because there's lots of places that you can go holler at me if you need, you know, I'm always expanding. And I think that that illusion of fear needs to be taken out that, that prevents us from standing up for, we believe for what we believe in, because all that shit is like, I mean, the masses are the masses. They can't beat us all, you know, and it starts with one person at a time being like, okay with being free. It's that herd mentality, right? Like the the leaders, like leaders, exactly. The leaders have to acknowledge the responsibility Yes, they're just as a human being as people that aren't followers, mm. but those people don't have the confidence. They're too, you know, overwhelmed by fear, like you said. They can't speak out. They can't do this because they're worried, oh, what about this, that, and the other? If everyone around them does something that they want to do, they'll follow. So mm. although I agree we're all accountable to the same extent, I feel like on a social level, the people that are for, the leaders need to be like, okay, let me go first. Let me go first because these people will follow me because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. can't do it on their own accord purely because that's not discrediting those people. They're not, a, you know, at mm-hmm. a, a, a different level to you as a human being. They just struggle with fear or whatever more than you. You have the abilities to speak out. So do it, you know, Absolutely. because you, 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 you have to, that, that's just how I feel. If, if you're a follower, uh, if you're a leader, sorry, you, you have to lead by example because then you will get people to follow you. And every good leader themselves. to go off yeah. that is like, I don't think, like, yes, following is like, a, for some, like, and I know you didn't mean it this way, but like the, the, the emotion behind like following also need there needs to be like a rebrand around that or whatever because leaders good leaders create more leaders right they don't want followers and at the end of the day i'm not saying none of us are saying this to say hey follow me once again it's saying hey let me go first and if this resonates with you then speak up about it yeah uh and i think that's really the main the main point and and it's to say that you're not alone in what you're thinking i think that's really what it is and that there is a tribe and also if you disagree with shit that we say like i said that's even more of a reason to reach out. Yeah. We want to go to a dialogue. We want to converse, like I said. And, and a leader, a great leader to me in today's world is someone that can talk to someone that disagrees with them and have a respectful conversation yeah. Yeah. and work just on speaking and, and, and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, like, I know for myself, too, like, because I've gotten conversations with lots of people and really smart people, too. And, you know, some of the some of my friends that are very intellectual, way more, you know, versed in history. In fact, one of my really good friends has a master's in history. And, a, and a, you know, and, and so he understands. You can tell me stuff that I have no idea about, right? And, um, and, you know, so when we were talking, I was like, well, did you know that? You know, so you talk about slavery. Well, do you know that, you know, black people actually came from blacks, 
like it was black people that sold them in Africa. So they were right, already right. still those slaves that came over were actually slaves before and That's they were right. being treated a lot worse. And if you look if you go there now, there's actually like hundreds of thousands of, of black slaves that are being treated way worse than um than how anyone was being treated here in America. And so that was coming out did you know about this and this and this. Mm-hmm. It was like very like it was it was you know great arguments, right? Yeah. I was right. totally like it was very enlightening. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Nope, didn't know that. And uh, but I think where you have to always kind of lead the conversation is back to like empathy. Right. Um and if it stays purely intellectual and because people you can if you get into that intellectual like, you know, it's right or wrong and you lose the humanness mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and you lose the ability to relate, I'm like, so okay, would you argue right now that there is a subgroup of our community, black people a lot of black people feel uncomfortable in their own country and are feel like they are, you know, whether it's through police brutality or not getting the right job. I mean, there's a ton of data that supports that black people are treated, you know, unfairly for whatever reason. And there's some systemic racism set up against them. Would you, would you agree that there is a level um, where they, whether you think they deserve it or not, whether you think it, it happened because of these things that came from their own country or whatever happened in the previous years, Leave all that. When you agree that that's happening, that there's an issue to it. Right. And it's like, do you think any human being deserves to, if you're a good human being, try to raise your family and your family doesn't feel comfortable in their own country? Do you, do you agree that anyone should be like, well, you know, that happens in every country. You know, and it's literally, it's the yeah. more back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Well, that happens in every country. You yeah. go to Ireland, there's, you know, there's a ton of racism. You go to Egypt. You go it's to like answering the other. question. And, yeah, it's well, exactly. Like, okay, yeah. But for you, okay, we're talking about you right now. Yeah, do you yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. okay? Do you think it's okay if you see someone that's hurting that does not feel comfortable, even though they do all the right things to try to raise, you know, a great family and try to live by the American dreams of quote unquote, you know, and, and, and they try to get the, like, and they can do not feel com- comfortable and they're not, you know, able to get the same loans as a white person. Like, do you think that's okay? No. Okay, so don't you think it's on you to, to, to create some sort of change? Like, even if it's just... It's for, that lack of personal responsibility. It is. Parents, yeah. And it's yeah. like, we want to justify and we have, you know, any... like it's a blame session, game. You can always yeah. blame something else. There's always a reason to not believe in a movement. It doesn't matter what it is. Which is, you know, and you can always cop out. And, and because it's... Because then you don't have to do any work. Right. Then you're like off the hook, right? And emotionally, you don't have to kind of get involved yeah. and all that. It's really, really easy. But empathy is hard and it takes work. And I think it takes, um, it takes, you know, you have to be brave to do it. And, and to me, that is where it all starts. And it ha- the mm-hmm. conversation has to stop. From, and there is data to support something, but that should only, like, the heart needs to move first. And then you get the data to support. But if you don't actually relate to yeah. your brother and sister. It's all brothers and sisters. And I, I like that what you said, that empathy is hard. And no, it wasn't though. That's the crazy thing is like, it's not hard. It's been socialized to be hard. It's fucking natural. No, it that's should be natural. But that's it's a muscle. Saying, it's a it's, muscle it's that a needs muscle. to be worked. And yeah. once you kind of let yourself out, you're like, whoa, it's okay. I can empathize and I don't have to feel guilty. You know, it's not my fault. Once you get over right, yeah. that kind of, yeah, that cliff, you know, then it's like, okay, it's actually nice. It feels good. I can yeah. actually relate to people. But for a lot of people, they won't take that step yeah. because yeah, they yeah. feel like they're guilty. Like, oh, you're blaming me. Like you oh said. Oh my God. Right? And it's, like, more, it's nothing to do with that. It's like the same thing, bringing back to like the whole pedophilia thing. It's like, would you not advocate and take a personal stance in that if it, what, if your kid 
if your kid like was being affected, if your kid got taken yeah. Yeah, the, and killed right. and murdered yeah. and sexualized and raped. No, because then if you or your niece or your or yeah, or exactly. And it's like that. Like I said, it comes back to that illusion of separation. I like to really like just conceptualize human beings in very simple ways, which is. Man, if unity, like if we actually acted in unity, we actually understood what that meant, that we're all the same and that we're all connected, that we're all family, that we're all... That's the thing. And you look at even like the KKK, they do believe that there's a different black gene. They're not part. And they have to separate that mentally in order to justify the actions that they're taking. Because there's no way. If they felt like... you're there and I'm here. Exactly. You're a different species. Like yeah, they literally exactly. believe that, they, they right? and yeah, so if that, yeah. if I believe that we're all the same gene and science can actually prove, which we are, right? We're all the same. same. I'm an alien. know <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, the rest um, of us. You know, like if you feel connected, you're like, hey, that is my brother, that is my sister. We do come from the same family. We are all related in some way. Then it becomes very, very difficult. Um, you know, it's it's when it's it's easy to hate and 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 to you know be racist against someone that you don't relate to or don't relate um, to yeah. and you tend to fear what you don't know and, it, yeah. and this goes back to the ego thing again right it's all it's all played from your ego like if you're if you're in a situation and you need to be empathetic to a certain thing you 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 automatically go back to yourself and so well subconsciously it's like it's not affecting me or i don't relate to that because it doesn't affect me and it's like well, right. hang on a minute take a step back, realize your position, you're a human being, just as this other person is a human being, and consciously attempt to try and relate to other people, because it's very easy to, like we said, be subconsciously so Mm defensive, defensive, sorry, against stuff that you, you know, might not necessarily affect you or put you at a personal loss, because you can't, you're not... allowing your you brain connected. yeah yeah you're, you're not allowing attempting to allow your brain to sit there and be like okay what would it be like to be in that situation yeah. for what you're saying right yeah, now yeah. i will try and sit here now yeah. visualize how that would be in my own head to me yeah people don't do that enough and it's like like you said it's a conscious thing that has to be a tried yeah you have to attempt to try and do it yeah yeah and to like i think bring this to a way that this can relate to everybody like to to maybe end on like a powerful note or like talk about this is like that's bringing it back to the individual once again and like i I brought this up like i brought this conversation up with one of my guys named chris he's fucking awesome shout out to chris and he's very very socially aware and very uh, i guess passionate about anything to do with social change or like the world and he's just been very invested Mm -hmm. in everything and i asked him i called him the other day i'm like uh i'm like i'm doing this podcast like let me know your insights if you have any questions or like anything that we can bring up and he's like you know what jenna he's like this might not be the right approach and i don't really know if it's the right approach he's like but i'm so concerned about the fact that no one is actually trying to be a better human And, and he was like not that no one is that's obviously hyperbole but like he's like what are people doing to actually raise their own personal consciousness and and not being so reactive to like what's going on outside of us and like what are actually people doing to make themselves like you said more aware more empathetic more intrigued in people's stories like more curious more healthy more sharp up Mm -hmm. here in their mind and like i was like yeah that's super true and like he's like you know what he's like all i know that i can do right now is like 
become the best version of myself and influence absolutely every single person around me to do the same a by like being vocal about it but also b by just leading by example and liberating people around me he's like he's like this is so deep and like there's so many people that want to have opinions and and want to have a voice that even if what they're saying is right or I don't, I hate saying right, but like basically what they're saying, right? Yeah. Like it's like morally, ethically valued, but they're not doing the work themselves and they're actually miserable and they're unhappy and they're depressed and they're, you know, whatever it may be. And he's like, I think that that, that, that's a big issue in in today's society. And he's like, I think that if you can bring anything up in this podcast is really influence people to look at themselves in the mirror. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Start with the man. Literally though. And so I and obviously you two are here having this conversation with me because you guys have done the self work, whether you realize it or not, you have, you're more, you know, you're in the 1% club. Like basically 1% of people will actually give a shit to talk about this stuff and actually get on a podcast and like be genuinely invested in like, Hey, maybe what I, what I say is, can make a difference and, and to have the mental capabilities, intellectual, social, psychological, whatever it's 1% of the population. Yeah. on a global scale so how do we put more people into that and how do we raise the average and how do we like skew like the human race towards uh and it starts here because not everybody else in the world has they're worried about their basic living needs they're worried about they're not worried about fucking high levels of thought they're worried about like how am i going to eat my next yeah. meal yeah. so it really is up to people in areas like us to not only always increase our own personal power but like empower other people yeah. to do that for themselves because you can't have empowerment without personal power. Right, like right. It, it's unsustainable. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've got to do it yourself and then you've got to link with the right people. I, yeah. I totally agree. And that's something I feel very strongly on. I try to push to, you know, I communicate a lot is like holding yourself self accountable in all circumstances because it's definitely a thing that doesn't happen enough. Like you yeah. said, with people with this, they'll, they'll look out and, put judgment on that yeah but this was wrong and, and look at the world rather than being like first of all you have to look at yourself yeah. and how yourself is handling how yourself you use things mm-hmm. before you can then go out and make a difference rather or than just judgments. being like yeah, yeah instead of being defensive not self-reflecting and being accountable or how yourself is and just being like oh you know these person have done this wrong x is this x and y and blah blah, blah. It's, it has to come firstly from yourself mm-hmm. And hold yourself accountable from your own thoughts and and how you act. Yeah. It has to come from yourself. Yeah. Be accountable yeah. for everything. All your thoughts and your 100%. how you act. That intrinsic motivation has to be there. And by intrinsic, like I'm just saying, like internally you have to feel the pull. Yeah. Like someone can't come and like tell you like this, 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 and this. Obviously, that's a little part of it, influences a little part of it. But at the end of the day, like we are more passionate and involved emotionally in things that we go towards ourselves that we feel like we had volition over or like uh, autonomy like we wanted to do it we're doing it for that reason yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. no it's so true and like you know not to categorize people in two categories but i do think that there's a lot of people that you know i think it does come with um being reconciled with yourself and loving yourself Mm -hmm. and like you know there's people that 
you know, you can tell they're running on empty, you know, and they yeah. don't really love themselves and their glass is kind of like, it's, it's, it's empty. It's, it's half empty. And so they're kind of like pulling from, you know, either weekend to weekend or like getting fulfillment from their job or getting fulfillment from this. And they haven't really, for whatever reason, they're kind of burying what they, you know, don't like about themselves. And this comes with like deep psychological right. you know, issues from their upbringing, whatever yeah. that happened. Um, and then, you know, there's people that have learned to, you know, with all my faults, with all my flaws, like I still really like myself and those people that are more you know have reconciled in themselves and really learn to accept themselves for who right. they are i think they have more of a capacity to love others mm-hmm. right and so you talk about like i think it all starts with emotional intelligence right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Emotional, eq is everything, EQ is everything. Yeah. like even yeah. like i mean during my mba we it was, it was a whole class that we studied and we, we took this whole emotional intelligence test and oh, nice. um and it was awesome i, I got the first in class but it checks out, right? It takes a gym selfie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah not that we're comparing anything, but um, anyway, my point is like, and, and one of the things that we learned was like some of the best, you know, leaders have the highest emotional intelligence. Yeah. The ones that are able to like inspire others, the ones that relate, and like you look at the the people that are under them, and the ones that like, because a leader, you're only a leader if others want are inspired by you. You're creating it's other all leaders, exactly yeah. what we're talking about, right? Like a leader versus manager. Leader, you know, can leave and productivity doesn't go down. A manager, right. productivity goes right down because everyone only works out of fear. Right. And yeah. so it's like, how do you inspire others? How do you, in, in, in order, I think, you know, anyway, this is a whole other topic, but people, you know, people that want to lead need to come to reconcil- reconciliation with themselves and really accept yeah. who they are, all their good and their bad. And, you know, and I think that comes with other leaders accepting them for who they are, right? Yeah. Um, you have someone that comes along and, and says a really encouraging word to you and accepts you for who you are and, and it makes you, you know, want to work more and wants you to be a better person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it all comes down to, you know, just more spreading more love yeah, um, totally. and accepting others and accepting yourself more importantly than others. Because if you don't accept yourself then it's really difficult to stand up for a cause when you're right. running on empty. And how can you come in and, and start speaking and advocating for others when you haven't really advocated, advocated for yourself? yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Is, yeah. It has to come within first, look at yourself first, then, you know, yeah. act upon that. Yeah. Um, it, one thing, like, yeah, it just, it all about like trying to understand everyone's situation totally. very quickly. When I was, a lot younger and obviously this has always been racism's always been a touchy subject to me um like like all of us mm. all of our, our backgrounds like yeah my my uh my life has literally been based on two people not looking at race at all and getting yeah. together right and, and that's the same for us yeah um so this has always been a touchy, touchy subject for me. When I was growing up, I would I would be so quick to snap on someone. If they said the wrong thing, oh, you're racist, right, you're racist, right. you're racist, you're racist. One thing I've learned as I've got older is to be more understanding, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of older people, they've been brought up in a different world to what we have, yeah. where, you know, they were bred to think that these people are less intelligent or just as an example, that would be, you know, something of that matter. Mm-hmm. And then you you hear them speak, and they might you might have a conversation with them, and they might say something that will be inherently racist, but it's implicit bias, and not necessarily 
they don't necessarily understand what they're saying and it's like you have to look at the difference there's a there's a big difference between someone that's ignorant or they don't understand certain things than people who understand mm-hmm. they are aware and they still have these views they're they're the racist people mm-hmm. and there's a big difference and it definitely as I've got older I've learned to not jump down someone's post show about like, you're right. racist it's be like okay why has he just said that mm-hmm. is his parents said stuff to him growing up or mm-hmm. where whereabouts has he grown up he has said has he had a bad experience blah blah, blah rather than just straight away being like he's racist right do you know what I mean like, yeah, totally. I was like that I really was mm-hmm. and I've, yeah. I've, I've worked hard to try and not get so emotionally in, in that mindset of like mm-hmm. Aggression, like he's racist. Like, oh no, is he though? Or you know, has he brought up and been brought up in his upbringing? Yeah, this, that, and the other. Um, More curiosity, less judgment. Yeah, that's never been a better time for that to just ask more questions and lead with more love and compassion. And like you said, and like we've all touched on, just like really do lead from the heart instead of from our ego and from our trauma. And really, what it comes down to is, is like trauma right and yeah. and just the way that we've our own life experiences where we felt inferior and then we don't want to project that on other people that may have no idea that they're even being harmful yeah. and mm-hmm. i've been in that situation the past year um specifically of going from like the extreme like i'm not talking to this person ever again because of what they just said yeah. to maybe this is an opportunity for growth yeah. and I'll know through the conversation yeah, and right. every time the conversation has led into growth and, yeah. and more deeper connection and that person taking, you know, so much ownership over not ever wanting to offend anybody ever again. Right. right? right, right. But instead of just saying you're a dick, yeah. like, you know, like bye, never yeah. talk to me again. That person's going to say, well, that person, Jenna's just a bitch. And yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Instead of actually leading to more understanding and more compassion, yeah, that, more empathy. And so, and that that's great because that that's, that's like, I totally agree with what you said, because it, that is a thing where, you know, you might hear someone say the wrong thing and you just, you're just, you're straight away. Like I'm, I'm done with you. I'm not going to give you the time of day rather than being like, try and attempt to have a conversation to make them, you know, see stuff from a different angle. Um, One thing that, one of the main things that I personally get pride and self-fulfillment from is talking to white people that have absolutely no understanding of what we go through or systemic racism, all this stuff, because because they've been brought up in a side where they just they just don't understand. They've never been aware, or mm. they can't understand something they're not aware of. So, I re- I get really I, I get a lot of enjoyment from talking and educating people that yeah. don't know as much, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know just making them more more aware okay. of the situation <laughs> rather than being which I know a lot of people are like just like oh like you know that. he's he's ignorant I'm not dealing with him yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah but you know to take a second step take, have a step back yeah like, why are they ignorant yeah. why are they this and the other and maybe they just need to be taught because they've never been they're never aware of this yeah. before and that's the thing that I would like that's... and I try and say to a lot of black people in general is 
try and do that less, man. Try and just be like, nah, I'm done. Like he said this, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving them time of day. Yeah. It's like put the effort in to try and make them see stuff from another angle and they might they might end up being, having a whole new view on it. Yeah, I, I totally, that's, that's amazing. And like, I think, you know, there can be a lot, there could be classes taught on like how to be a social activist. And I think yeah. that's probably where the, there's, a lot of uncertainty right now is like there's a lot of people with passion yeah. that don't know how to relay that passion and i think it's a very unique skill it's almost like a surgeon like a surgeon you're being you have to be so careful and precise and yeah, how yeah. you and like you said it's easy like you know to when someone says something stupid you're like hey i'm never talking to you again right. and you actually yeah. really fix the problem yeah. that person's going to go on and so continue saying continue. what they want but it, i think it takes a you know skill uh, based on experience and just I think a lot of people don't know how to do it but it's like it's this humility EQ, yeah, EQ being able to relate being able to listen kind of keeping the conversation you know about empathy um, and, and you know raising leaders versus people that are just um, you know just passion without really any sort of understanding right so guys where do we go from here uh, I think that we've talked about a lot of things and I think that it will resonate with a lot of different people. And I always love to have like, okay, cool. I don't want to leave these people hanging. I'm like, okay, yeah, that was a great podcast, great conversation, but where do I go from here? So what I want to say is like, okay, from what I've seen is, uh, well, regardless, if, if, you know, you know, English accent is miles, <laughs> douchey accent is miles. <laughs> I'm, totally I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. The guy with the high EQ is my Mark. And, um, obviously y'all know your girl, but, but what I'm trying to say is all, any of you guys can reach out to any of us at any yeah. point in time from like open arms, open DMs, whatever you want to call it. But I do think that, um, from what I've heard, like miles is really passionate. Like he said about educating yeah, and having conversations around like maybe things that you've wanted to talk about, or maybe things that you've experienced and you, and you maybe not have had a, the courage or B like, maybe you just didn't feel right. Or you were too afraid to say something wrong or, or you've had an experience where maybe you felt like shit, I messed up. And now I I'm having a hard time forgiving myself. Like whatever it may be, please reach out, please reach out to miles. He's happy to educate. And, and you know, if you're having, maybe if you've been triggered recently and you don't know how to bring up a certain subject of like, you know what, maybe in the workplace or maybe in my own family or maybe in my partnership, somebody's saying something that's triggering me and I feel like I don't know how to bring it up without starting a fight or like I don't know how to communicate in a way where we can bring awareness. Please reach out to Mark or me or Miles, literally any of us, like any of these situations, reach out. We want to hear from you. Like uh, if, if, and you know what, if you don't want to reach out to us, but something actually genuinely has resonated with you, pay it forward. Um, by pay it forward, I mean share it, share it to somebody, um, or bring it up at the dinner table. Like you don't have to share a podcast if you don't feel like it, but like take what you've learned and bring it up in a conversation or bring it up wherever, like wherever you need to bring it up. Because honestly, that's what we're doing this for. Like we're not doing this to just talk to each other for this one hour and a half or two hours as fun as it is. Uh, we're really hoping that a ripple effects outwards and that we can actually, even if it's just one person, you know, that one person means the world to us and like, uh, we're here to bridge, yeah, to, to, to take masks off and, like, build bridges. Like, the more bridges we can build and the more conversations we can have with one another, I do think that that's where we're going to make a difference. So we really appreciate anybody that's made it to the end with us. I would love for you guys to um, say whatever you need to say here. And I, I know we could go on forever and maybe I'll have these guys back um, based on your guys' feedback. 
What would you guys like to say, my freaking superstars? Um, I would literally have said what you just said. I mean, you, people have to start having conversations more. Um, education needs to be addressed massively. That's a massive, massive point from my perspective anyway. Mm -hmm. If you have kids or even someone that looks up to you, right, it, it has to be a conversation of addressing the fact that okay I don't want this person to be racist so I'm not going to say any racial you know anything to do with racism no that's not the right way to be because they might be having these judgments in their own mind and just are not around you at school or whatever you need to have the conversation it's like a moral thing when kids are brought up you tell them okay you know don't I don't know don't steal don't do this don't bully people all these moral things one of them needs to be addressed on not judging people on the way they look or their certain background or whatever like that that's so prevalent to me i think it's very very for this to get better that needs to be addressed because i don't right. think it's a lot it's a case of okay we don't want him to be a racist so we're just not going to talk about it we're not going to say this and this and that that's not how it works man right like you have to have these conversations and say like oh you know you've you've got who's you know the, the the Indian girl in your school are you friends with her and like just have the conversations and see where they're at right. and you know challenge that that that's a massive thing for me um but I feel yeah just keep keep educating yourself keep learning and being proactive being, being proactive I mean one thing that I feel like touched on it earlier I think it will happen you want to see stuff happen in the system has to come obviously mostly from voting i feel like mm. people now need to be more aware of this situation when they come to vote right. rather than just looking okay i'm talking you know mostly to white people here stuff that's going to directly affect them it's like well, how, how is this local government going to how, how do they handle this issue how do they handle systemic racism and mm -hmm. it needs to be addressed it needs to be a thought in people's mind when it comes to vote more so than it has been right um yeah. to see stuff change in the system because i mean like we said earlier changing people's hearts and their minds is the first step <clears throat> but we need to tackle the system. 100%. We need to get to, you know, we need no to tackle the system. No more blaming the police and the education systems yeah. mm -hmm. and the government. Like, what are you doing to really play a part in that? And, and how are you educating yourself to be the most conscious decision maker towards what you think is going to bring the society forward, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, for me, um, you know, I think the biggest issue we have is just people don't feel, like, connected to one another and don't yeah. feel that um, it's their responsibility to learn about their yeah. brothers or sisters. And right. so if you look at one another and your brother's hurting, your sister's hurting, you know, it's your job to be educated about that and to learn why. Right. And to take ownership of that and, um, and le really learn to empathize from that. And I think mm -hmm. when you are, when you begin to understand and all it is, like you said earlier, like curiosity, being just curious about and I think it just starts there and no one's asking you to change anything no one's asking you to do anything but just literally relate to other people um, empathize with other people without the feel and the fear to need to do anything 
um, at first, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and, and just learn, just be curious about other people without having to deflect, without having to, you know, come up with any sort of excuse or thinking, you know, why not just the fact that people are hurting, how, like, I want to know why they're hurting. Why is that? Well, how can I, and, and hopefully that leads you to help. And then, you know, after, you know, if your heart's changed and you are, or if you're someone who's already heart has been moved by this and, um, you know, people whose hearts haven't changed, you know, learn to, um, relate and learn to be like a surgeon in terms of how you can, you know, not make them feel. Cause I know that there's a lot of people, uh, you know, white people included, um, but wait, you know, girls and guys that feel very attacked right now yeah. and that's not okay too. And I, I think that there's a lot of, um, and, and the whole, if, if we forget the goal of this movement is to bring us together. Right. And and to and no one should feel any sort of shame or sort of you know feeling like they're outcast. But I think what this needs, this whole movement would be it'd be a shame if we, you know, came out of this movement and we were further apart than we were closer together. The whole goal of this is to bring everyone closer together and to connect us one another, uh, to empathize more with one another, to feel you know to be your brother's keeper, to be your sister's keeper, and to to love one another. Um, and I think it all starts there. And, you know, if you're moved, I think there's a lot of ways that you'll see mm. that you can input, whether it's, you know, I totally agree with voting, um, with donating to certain causes, um, to speaking up for people that don't have a voice at your schools or, you know, through your, your circles or friend groups or online, social media, anything. There's a lot of places that you can speak up. Um, donate that you can vote that you can you know be educated and change the ju- judicial system if that's what it, this where this leads you but I think right. it all starts with a heart change because no one's gonna yep. make that career move and change the ju- judicial system unless their heart has been moved yeah. so I think it all starts with connecting to one another empathizing right. and really you know yeah. learning that we're all one I love it so I do great right I, th- I, I can't think of a better mm-hmm. note to end it off on uh, thank you guys so much thank for you. coming on honestly thank it's been you. such it's been a blast and uh, we hope that you guys like I said uh, enjoyed this episode uh, implement what resonated with you pay it forward uh, reach out to us all of the above uh, I'm for sure gonna have these guys around so uh, thank you guys so much once again and uh, peace out homies much love one love peace out peace, peace. peace. <laughs> peace. <laughs> peace.